Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. So our next section is our regional social enterprise ecosystems and cohesive and collaborative models to create change. We have a panel, as you can see up here. To head up the panel is our facilitator, Tom Allen. Thank you, Tom. Thank you very much, and what a highly exciting time it is for us all to be in this room around celebrating the momentum that we're seeing in the Queensland social enterprise ecosystem, but also looking at ways that we can further it forward. And that's essentially the aim of today's conversation with this wonderful panel. So before I start, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gather, the Kabi Kabi people, and pay my respects to the elders past, present and future, and recognise that these have always been really important places of learning and sharing and teaching as well. I'd like to thank uh, the Social Enterprise Network of Sunshine Coast for putting on this amazing event. To the sponsors, to the whole team involved, it's been a stellar effort. And also to the Sunshine Coast Council who's been uh, supporting this and that's very, very encouraging to see. If you'd like to take the conversation online, you can use the Impact Boom hashtag. But I think we should get started in introducing uh, Divinia. So Davidia Nipa is the chair of the Social Enterprise Network Sunshine Coast. She's also the founder of Making It Happen, which is a Sunshine Coast-based consultancy driving growth in socially conscious businesses and not-for-profits across Queensland. Now, Making It Happen is a culmination of a life's journey for Davidia and her guiding belief that economic success isn't the end, but it's merely the beginning of good business. Now, since the age of 23, which is probably only what, a couple of years ago, Divinia, <laughs> Divinia has worked in the social and community space, developing and delivering projects and programs for the Sunshine Coast Council, Education Queensland International, European Social Fund, Medicines de Mon, and Amnesty International, amongst others. And making it happen empowers not-for-profits by making them more business-like. It also strengthens businesses by making them more socially minded. Let's welcome Davinia. Thank you, Davinia. Next up, we have Tony Sharp. Welcome, Tony. Tony's the chair of the Social Enterprise Network of Logan. Another one. So it's two, Matt, or perhaps three if we count our Brisbane network as well. So Queensland is, is well and truly leading the way when it comes to regional social enterprise networks. And you'll see that expand uh, through QSEC. Uh, as we finish the year and, and begin the next one. Now, Tony Sharp is also the founder of Substation 33, which is a social enterprise which provides meaningful work and skills development for volunteers and employees, and it generates social returns for YFS and the Logan community. 
And very interestingly, uh, Tony will be putting on the Social Enterprise Network of Logan Forum tomorrow. So if you'd like to head on down and continue the conversation then, you'd be certainly most welcome to. But it's Tony's role that allows him to combine his business skills and his passion for improving communities for people who are traditionally marginalised for employment. And he's certainly making his mark down there in Logan and creating some fantastic outcomes. So let's make uh, Tony welcome. Thank you, Tony. We also know and love Emma Kate, the chair of the Queensland Social Enterprise Council. And Emma Kate has really extensive skills in applied research, sessional lecturing, project management, event management, and startup enterprise development. She joined Food Connect as the general happiness manager in 2011, coordinating a significant internal restructure, improving financial accountability, and getting investment ready to scale impact. Now, the enterprise, apart from having an amazing equity crowdfunding campaign on the go, is one of Australia's first equity crowdfunding campaigns at the moment. She's also led the way in transforming the local food system through paying farmers a fair price, employing marginalised people, and engaging over 60 volunteers around Brisbane to act as pickup points for customers. So let's make Emma Kate feel welcome. Thank you, Emma. And finally, we all heard from Alex Hannant this morning. But Alex Hannant is the director of the Eunice Social Business Centre at Griffith University. Now, the Eunice Centre leads the university's research, teaching and engagement in the field of social entrepreneurship and enterprise. And Alex also works on a number of other projects which is supporting innovation and enterprise for social impact. He currently serves on the boards of the B-Lab Australia and New Zealand, the New Zealand Advisory Board for Impact Investment, and Pomegranate Kitchen, which is a social enterprise focused on supporting former refugees. Previously, Alex was the, the CEO of the Arkina Foundation, one of New Zealand's primary social enterprise development uh, organisations. So Alex, welcome to the stage. Finally, my name is Tom Allen. I'm the founder of Impact Boom, and I'm absolutely passionate about bringing the latest interviews and insights for you guys with global social enterprise leaders from across the globe to help give you the ideas, inspiration, and resources to help you thrive as social entrepreneurs and as regions as well. We also do that uh, through our accelerator program, which is very much focused on bringing community together through making that a place-based accelerator program and enabling social entrepreneurs to, to thrive. Um, so that's certainly what we're excited about. Now the first question is really to get a sense from the panel. We've heard some reflections this morning in, in the keynotes, but for us just to quickly come back and look at some of the key ingredients. What are the key ingredients of healthy regional social enterprise ecosystems? And what can we learn from other regions from around the globe that are demonstrating cohesive and collaborative models that we could perhaps then apply into the social Sunshine Coast. Who'd like to start? Probably I would say that the, because in a regional area you've got so many smaller actors, it's really important to come together and collaborate. 
Um, I find that maybe in, in larger cities or in, in urban centers, um, you've got way more market to pull on, you've got way more resources that can help you, you're probably closer to government too, rather than in regional areas. So in regional areas, it's really important to stick together and kind of make that collective cohesive voice be heard and, and know, know, know who your people are, know who, who you're helping. And it's easier, I guess, in regional areas to, to have that connection with the people. And then it's a bit harder to maybe get it to, to where it needs to be in order to get that support. So I would reckon that collaboration would definitely be the key factor in that. Thanks, Tivinia. Tony, do you want to add to that? So about four years ago, talking about collaboration, uh, a group of us got together in Logan and started to talk about how we would start the Independent Social Enterprise Network of Logan. Um, and that is a, a group of some of the larger community organisations. And what we wanted to do was to take away the conversation where the CEOs or the high-level management people were fighting against each other to get ponds of money. Um, and so we got together as the social entrepreneurs within those community organisations and we formed up uh, a very loose walking, working party. Uh, we named it, uh, now named the Social Enterprise Network of Logan. But interestingly, seven weeks after we had their initial meeting, we ran the first uh, Logan Social Enterprise Forum. Uh, we had 100 people in the building that day and we ran it. And what we've been able to achieve since then is groups of workshops. Um, we've been able to support uh, up here to get this thing started last year. Um, and, but I suppose for me it's about, it is about collaboration. It's not about any uh, one organisation, but it is about supporting individuals. And the comment that Matt made earlier, um, if we've got bad players in the ecosystem, We've got to move those bad players on and to support the strong, hard-working individuals who want to create ecosystems and wrap ourselves around them and get going. It's not necessarily about that individual, but that individual's drive is the thing that pushes these things to the next level, and that's collaboration. Mm. Um, and I guess just to add to that, I think one of the key ingredients, if you're looking at collaboration as the key, key ingredient, how do you collaborate? So what are the tools of collaboration? So I think it's really important for regional networks to have those tools to be able to hear the voices from the grassroots. So any opportunity that, um, that you can provide for people to have a voice in the sector, whether that's through forums like this, um, providing education opportunities through workshops and the like, um, through just a simple networking uh, drinks event after work one night. It's, um, it strengthens relationships and I think the strength of the relationships is what actually keeps a network going. Um, and uh, builds trust and builds uh, likability, I guess, in, in what you're all about, in, your, in what you've got to offer. Um, I mean, I think um, community just matters a lot more when you can see and, and touch people on a, on a regular basis. Um, so it's thinking about what are the dynamics um, around social enterprise. You know, people are trying to um, identify and solve problems. People are trying to create an exchange value. Um, resources have to come into those things for them to succeed. 
So while you may not sort of be close to big pockets of money necessarily or sort of national funds or what have you, you have a whole heap of other advantages in other ways because people are uh, more invested in the things that you're trying to change and improve. So I think there's a sense of, um, you know, sort of how do you sort of really um, align, you know, sort of social enterprises which are supported by local communities, that are invested in by local communities. I mentioned before things like crowdfunding <clears throat> is an incredibly effective way for people to actually take a stake in something which is directly relevant to them. And I think if you take things even to a, a, a sort of a further um, step, you see sometimes local currencies, um, you know, the Brixton pound or the, the Bristol pound. So there's a number of ways which where things are smaller, they don't necessarily have the upside of scale they get a hell of a lot of benefits because everyone's in it together. So I guess in terms of thinking what does, you know, a, a local or regional ecosystem look like, you know, what are the, what are the strategies which are going to enable people to be more aware of local social and community enterprises and give them the option to actually get more involved in those uh, organisations as well? Fantastic. So collaboration being one of the, one of the key things outlined here. So... Having three of the regional areas, we could say Logan, we've got Brisbane or Queensland more broadly, broadly represented by Emma Kate, and of course the Sunshine Coast. What's our plan for Queensland? How can we collaborate ourselves between the regions to form a very cohesive body that really pushes forward a strong Queensland strategy that leads perhaps to a, a national strategy as well? Well, I mean, I think um, the bones are, are, are really uh, well set here in so much as you already have two regional networks and you have QSEC, which, you know, sort of aims to be a state-level network, which presumably further down the line could become an, a network of networks in effect. So I think, you know, sort of an early stage, you get to determine the architecture of that, which is really hard to retrofit if it starts to get, um, you know... Uh, too advanced or, or, or too messy. So I think there's a bit of intentionality to say right at the beginning, you know, sort of we recognise we're really interested in the sort of hyper-local, but how do we make sure that there's a kind of comparability between what's happened in different localities and then, you know, what's the best mechanisms for those uh, localities to actually engage either through learning or perhaps more importantly, you know, actually, you know, trade and, you know, sharing of resources and sharing of, of uh, new business models itself. So, so I think, you know, that the, the art here is to think what might, what do we want this to look like in 10 years and how do we actually start to build that architecture now so when this stuff inevitably expands, it does so in a way which makes sense. Thanks, Alex. I'll just add that... Um the plan for QSEC at this point in time is just to say yes to every opportunity that comes our way, which we've adopted this year. Um, and one of those fantastic opportunities that's come to us this year is to enter into a memorandum of understanding with um, CQ University, which have campuses all up and down um, the east coast of Queensland. So um, we're working a lot with Rob and Dick up the back there. Um, thanks, Robin. And he's been working really hard behind the scenes 
trying to connect QSEC and the players within QSEC um, where we can, where we can get resources to interact with the regional areas more, um, using the infrastructure that CQ University can provide. So I think partnerships with um, key actors in the sector are really important um, in terms of um, developing, not just developing the strategy per se, but allowing more voices to have a say in that strategy. Um, because in a, in a way, we do have a little bit of a deadline here in Queensland. We know that there's a lot of government interest. They've set themselves a very short time frame to get a, a statewide strategy up and running in this term of government. It's up to us as a sector to kind of um, build and um, strategize at the same time. <laughs> it's not it's not going to be a linear process for us. We're going to have to be running and building and strategizing um, as we go. And the best way that we can do that, I guess, at this point in time, while we're not resourced, although we hope that will change pretty soon, um, is to just say yes to the opportunities as much as we can um, and hope that we get a little bit of sleep at night. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I suppose to add to that, um, the social enterprise network was definitely bashing on about trying to duplicate its model. Um, and it, it just wouldn't work, you know, we need to be, we talk about these social enterprises and the social enterprise network is a place-based approach. So what we do in Logan and what's happening in the Sunshine Coast and what's happening in Brisbane are three completely different things, although they're the same thing, but they're a different spin-off of the same thing. Um, we definitely had a change of direction only two or three months ago with some work that we've been doing. Um, as a couple of us here are on the, as social entrepreneurs in residence with the UNOS Centre at Griffith University. And a decision was made that um, the Logan Social Enterprise Network would become a chapter of QSEC. Um, and QSEC adopted that virtually straight away. And we hope to see in future, although I can't speak because I'm not here as a QSEC member, uh, as a QSEC board member, but we hope to be that QSEC become the overarching Queensland-based peak body and then spun off underneath them as place-based or community-based social enterprise networks. And my hope would be that in a year's time or 18 months time, when you look up social enterprise network in Google, you get eight or ten options for Queensland that are individual options and that way and QSEC's role is to advocate for us all but we're not uh, coming blowing in out of the big smoke into Billa Wheeler and telling them how to run a social enterprise network in Billa Wheeler because what they do in Billa Wheeler is completely different to what we do in Logan and what we do in Logan is completely different to what they do on the Sunshine Coast and yeah I think that's that's the learning that we've been able to learn and that, and that work only happened uh, I believe that work only happened because of our roles of social entrepreneurs in residence with the Unicentre at Griffith University. So watch this space. I totally agree with Tony. I mean, when, when the Social Enterprise Network for the Sunshine Coast was first thought up, Tony was my go-to person. You know, we, we spoke a lot, we, we designed some stuff together, but what we ended up with here on the Sunshine Coast was completely different than what they needed in Logan. And this feeds into what Matt was saying before. You know, when, when you're looking at what your social enterprise ecosystem needs or, you know, your, your locale-based kind of um, landscape, you're looking for your problems and your issues, and then you're looking at your resources, and that's going to be different in every single place. So one model does not fit everywhere. 
Um, however, um, just just as a positive, I think that the the people that are involved in this process at almost like a state level at the moment have got a lot of energy and you know there's a lot of talk going on there's a lot of communication there's a lot of organizing that's been happening in in the ready for um, when when the sector is asked to speak so at, at that level I think we, we're, we're getting there and I think it's quite strong what I'm more worried about is at a grassroots level with the, with the engagement of um, um, the, the smaller social enterprises and how those um, are supported enough to actually have the capacity to contribute to these networks and to come to the meetings and um, you know develop and build capacity. Like, um, I'm, um, I work really grassroots. Like I work with you know young people that are trying to establish their their. Um, turn their idea into a business plan. So when I see what, what they need and what, what is needed in other places, and you know, there's so much good intention and there's so many people that want to do good, they just don't know where to start. So I tend to, maybe I would focus my energies more on like supporting that, that you know, the real grassroots level. I think, I think at the higher level where we're, we're all speaking together, you know, we, we, we got this. But we just need to make sure that that expertise and that knowledge and that support actually does filter down all the way to where it is needed. So the final question before we go to the audience Q&A, we're really lucky to have local and state government represented in the room today. So do all of you, do you have a message about, you know, what message would you give to, to the government to really help them to support the work that is being done on the ground? Um, I, I, uh, for me personally, I'm not too sure that the um, social enterprise uh, community, if you want to call that that, is commercially ready in Queensland. I don't think we're mature enough just yet. Uh, my message to not only the state government, to local councils, but to big business is always the same message that I give. Um, please consider uh, social enterprise in your tendering opportunities. Um, but please don't uh, expect us to be able to dump up to a million dollar a year contract today because that's not something that we can do. But please consider us to be able to deliver on time, on quality and on price to maybe a $100,000 tender. Uh, and that's the message. Uh, in five years time I'm hoping that's uh, another zero at one end of that conversation. But just at the moment, let's start the conversation small. I'm about... Um, uh, failing and failing fast, but getting up and having another crack. Uh, and I, I don't, we don't want to fail on a big contract, we want to fail on a small contract. I kind of agree and I kind of don't. Um, <laughs> uh, we're ready for a million dollar contract if anyone wants to, you know, approach Food Connect. Um, uh, and I really do like, I am inspired by the model of Vanguard Laundry where the buyer was willing to invest um, in a big long-term contract so that they could be procurement ready. I thought that was a really inspiring example of, of a big um, buyer, um, you know, facilitating social impact that way. So I think, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot, uh, there's a, a wide spectrum of social enterprises which can fulfil procurement contracts at any level. Um, I, I agree with Tony that it does, the sector does need nurturing, it needs investment, it needs advocacy, especially at the state government level. 
I think my message to state government and local government um, today would be uh, to resource us. Um, you've got a lot of expertise um, in the advocacy circles that you see here today. You've got a diversity of experience. There's a lot of us that have been doing this day in, day out for a decade or more. Um, we, get, we get the grassroots. We understand the pain points of business. Um, we're still here standing. Uh, we might not be, you know, massive corporates with um, private jets, but we, we get business and we get the social impact that we know can save the government money, whether at local level or uh, at the state level. So invest in us to expand our network and resource the sector. That is my message today. Yeah, I mean, I think that the first thing would be there's a, there's a massive prize here that uh, a, a thriving social enterprise sector delivers on so many, um, you know, sort of outcome areas which are directly relevant to government, be that around uh, community cohesion, be that social inclusion, inclusive economy, um, you know, so a, you know, when you think about it, it's less about funding, this is investment. You know, a, a modest investment in the growth of social enterprise will yield huge returns for, um, you know, the, the public uh, as a whole. And if we're put in sort of, what, 75, 80 mil a year into sort of advanced Queensland with quite a narrow sort of focus around sort of uh, tech innovation, um, I, I think there's a sense of, you know, think about scale in a different way, not vertically, but horizontally. Um, because these are the business models which are going to sustain and nurture communities across the state and will stay in those communities. Um, they are resilient. They're not so uh, subject to sort of fluctuation of different industries and sectors or flight of talent um, once they get established. So I think it's, it's a basic numbers game. Um, this really isn't sort of, you know, doesn't have to be warm hearts and fuzzy and all those things if we've got people which are counting the dollars ultimately it is makes absolute economic uh, sense to um, invest more money uh, in these hybrid and blended forms of, of organization especially because more and more people you know want them want to work in them want to buy from them and want to invest in them um, so it's really about the sense of just seeing where the future's going and, and making sure that you're an enabler of that rather than a constraint um, I would um, ask governments to um, allow themselves to be inspired by this movement and to let themselves allow that imagination and let themselves come, come on board and be in this game that, you know, will... It might sound a little bit risky at the beginning, but actually while we were in, Ed in Edinburgh, I had a really good conversation with a venture capitalist who has assured me that he is reformed and you know, all of that stuff. But um, he was actually saying that they've got statistics and he was working in London, a big venture capital um, um, you know, company. Uh, and he was saying that they've got stats that actually social enterprise is less risky than venture capital because one of the amount of money that's put into it and also about the due diligence that, that goes in before the investment is done. So, you know, in, in the long run, why not invest in people? You know, why not invest in something that's actually going to, to, to show you that it's going to give you returns in so many other ways? I mean, all these social and environmental and cultural areas, they are big areas of government spending. If, through procurement, any of those expenses can be in any way addressed, then why, why not? Like, it's time. 
Thanks very much, panel. So let's take some questions from the floor. If you'd like to raise your hand, if you've got a question, the microphone will come across to you. And if you please, just say your name and then ask your question. That'd be wonderful. Hey, how you doing? Uh, my name's Vinny. Considering like a lot of us are in this room, we're, we're in the spirit, we're in the theme of it. Um, but when we leave, you know, bills catch up to us, all this other stuff catches up to us, we start to forget about it. If I could ask each of you just like a single thing about collaboration, just one word, what would be a key thing about collaboration from each of you is that each of every single one in this room or who's watching could think about. Keep at it, just turn up. You know, the, the, just the importance of, you know, basically building a community of interest around this area that you get together on a regular basis and can share what you're doing. Even if you've done nothing, you can just listen to what other people might have done in that time. It's only by through that process of creating the opportunity for new stuff to happen that new stuff will happen. So I think, you know, the base thing is just keep at it, keep turning up. And if you do, things will inevitably, you know, we're just industrious creatures. We can't stop doing stuff. So if we put ourselves in a position where stuff might happen, it will. So just turning up is the main thing. I would say put your hand up to help Davinia and her team at Social Enterprise Network. Actually turn up to the meetings, volunteer to help out at events, run a, run a side event for her um, that in your sector or in your area of interest under the Social Enterprise Network banner. Um, they'll help you facilitate it, they'll help put the comms out for you. Um, just come to us with the idea and help us run with it with you um, because we're all doing it voluntarily while we're 24-7 in our own enterprises um, and you know um, it's it's a big commitment but the more of us that participate in this um, the more traction we'll get with every with a wider movement of people yeah uh, mine is definitely to be having open frank honest conversations and not be afraid to tell your business plan or model to other people uh, trust me, nobody is going to steal your idea. Um, and our job, the rest of us, our job is to wrap ourselves tightly and as hard and as fast around that individual as much as we can. We've got to support founders, whether they're founders of tech organisations or they're founders of whatever they are, but particularly founders of social enterprise need to have as much support around them. We've got, all got to work as hard as we can to make sure that that founder succeeds and therefore the founder's business succeeds along with it. I'd, I'd suggest to definitely keep at it. It does, it does get better. And if you keep working at something, you know, just keep doing what you love doing. And once, you lo once you're doing what you love doing, you're not tired of doing it. So you can keep doing it even with your other work until you know, it starts paying off. And sometimes that transition into you know, doing what you love and leaving what, what you're paid for can be really hard. It's, it's not easy because you know, we all get bills and it's young businesses take a while to, to actually get off the ground. And social enterprises sometimes take even longer. So that, that's definitely a reality. But keep doing it. Keep doing what you love. Keep helping the people around you. And keep connecting. Keep collaborating. Keep talking about it. And eventually opportunities will come. I, I'm a true believer that if you're doing the right thing, the universe will help you do that. Good luck. Thanks. <coughs> Thanks for your question, Vinny. Uh, do we have any other questions? Um, this is probably a 
targeted question for Tony. I'm just wondering about your, um, about the, I guess your biggest learnings from social enterprise in Logan? Uh, so social enterprise in Logan or substation? I'm interested in the whole of the community and, you know, when it started, was it a fractured community? Has this brought you together? What are some key learnings that we could maybe take to our community, like a, like a town like Nambour? Uh, I think our key learnings from Logan is you've got to keep at it. Um, we took the eye off the ball probably 18 months ago and we didn't have meetings and we didn't facilitate meetings and we didn't get going. You've got to... We've, there's got to be constant conversation and I'm not talking about uh, email conversations and phone calls, I'm talking about face-to-face -face communication with other humans that are in the same space. Uh, Davinia brought up a very good point. Uh, if you're doing the right thing and the universe will come in and give you a hand, uh, the same thing applies in Logan or in Nambour or in Billawilla or anywhere. Um, and that's been the key learning for us is to keep going and keeping the conversations going. It's not a closed group of people, this is a very open group of people that everybody is, everybody be sh should be part of it. Um, and the other conversation for us is, I, I think the other conversation for us is change the paradigm about those conversations, not looking for the funding model, um, not looking for, and that's the piece of work that we've been able to really successfully do with our local, with our local council. Um, it's not uh, what are you going to give us, it's what services, can, what services have we got on offer that you can purchase from us. So we're in, that, we're in that pathway now, we're in that transition model. Um, and so, you know, for example, our council is, is actively seeking out products and services that they can buy from their local social enterprises. And that's coming through some procurement policy changes and not only from social, but also local and indigenous businesses. So three separate streams in the local community. But that's only to come through robust conversations about not going with your hand out, but going with your hammer or lawnmower in hand, whatever that might be. Um, I'm a university student and we collaborate with other students and hoping to collaborate with business school as well. How can universities engage with social enterprises across the coast as well as throughout the region? So we're, we're extremely lucky, I guess, on, the, on our little network. We've got two universities that are really, really active and that have been giving us amazing support. Um, I think universities are realizing and listening to, to what young people have to say. And as we saw in one of the slides before, you know, a, a massive percentage of young people want to do something more meaningful in their lives. They don't want to be in an office nine to five, you know, just pushing papers and you know, doing staples. They want to make, they want to do change, they want to see change, they want to be part of that. So the universities, I have obviously listened to that because obviously it's their target market, they would be silly not to. Um, so we see um, USC de delivering, um, you know, hosting us here today and being very supportive of the network. Um, they, they also offer a social enterprise course. Um, CQU also offer a whole series of social innovation courses and they have also been extremely, extremely supportive of this network. Um, they obviously play a role. They, you know, they are the ones that are um, programming and getting um, the, you know, the professionals of tomorrow ready. So their role is, is very important in all of this. And as I said, you know, I thank them, thank them from here. They, they've been really supportive to our network and they have been really crucial in collaboration because um, when, 
when you get that type of um, academic support around around what you're doing, physical support as well. You know, universities have big campuses; they have big spaces. They usually have quite a bit of resources too. So you know, access to research, um, as I said, places. It's 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 been really good to work with them. If it's okay, I'll just add one more comment to that question too, if I could. Um, so what we've been able to do in Logan um, is we got a partnership arrangement, a four-way partnership arrangement going. So that was between uh, YFS, uh, Your Town Access Community Services, and Morris 180, um, because neither of, neither one of those four organisations was big enough to be able to tender into the Logan City Council's building and services asset management um, thing. Uh, and so because of that four-way partnership, we were able to. Uh, co-work and get lots of labour out if we needed to. Uh, interestingly, we put a proposal to council and we're now only one of three on the panel to provide services into that uh, that buying arm of Logan City Council. So we're three months into that program, uh, three months into that process. Uh, there's been about seven or eight jobs. Uh, you know, we've won seven or eight jobs already. So we've, it's early days, but there's a long way to go. Great, I think we'll need to, to wrap up with time. There's three key points. I think we've covered a lot, of, a lot of ground about how Queensland may advance forward now as a community, as a region in pushing the social enterprise ecosystem forward. I would encourage you as a room, as we stated earlier, to come and get in touch with the network here. Join up, become a member and become active. Turn up to the meetings and push this forward as a region. There's a really great group of people driving this forward. They're being really active and, and it's very encouraging to see that uh, move forward. The second point is on the 20th of November, if you'd like to come to Brisbane, we'll be having uh, some social enterprise networking and drinks hosted by uh, QSEC and Impact Boom. That'll be at Wandering Cooks, but please just jump on the Facebook page of QSEC or Impact Boom and you'll find the details and RSVP to that if you'd like to come. And finally, we have an amazing opportunity for Australia. Already today, we heard about the possibility that was taking the social enterprise world forum to New Zealand, and Alex led that. We also heard from Matt about his time at the social enterprise world forum in Scotland this year, of which uh, Davinia, uh, Michelle Knights, uh, myself, Alex, a number of others, such as Robin Dick as well, were also able to attend. Um, but we've been really excited about the opportunity um, as Impact Boom in working uh, across a number of organisations, peak bodies, to bring this to Australia in 2021. So we're currently working on a bid. We would like to make that a reality and that's only going to be, that's only going to happen if we work together uh, as an opportunity uh, for the Sunshine Coast region, for Logan, for Brisbane and for Australia more broadly. So if you'd like, if you are interested in, in being involved, please make yourself known to Davinia again or, or anyone else up here and we'll look forward to making that a reality to help drive forward social enterprise in Australia. Can we please thank our panel? Davinia, Tony, Emma-Kate and Alex. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter. Thank you.